Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Here for the New Japan Strong Style Evolved post show. It is March 26th. Technically, yeah, it's technically March 26th now. Just finished this show. It went about four hours, 15 minutes. A little long for my liking. Very few commercials. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell Josh Barnett that. I think it might actually still be on the air. People are filing either they're filing out of the building or they're running a replay right now. But either way, uh, it, the show was capped off by an unbelievable main event. Awesome main event. But everything before that, there was nothing really bad, but there was nothing that I looked at and said, wow, you can't miss that. Before the main event, I don't think there was anything on the show that you just couldn't miss. There was some important stuff. But nothing that you just couldn't miss. Now, ahead of, or not ahead of the show, during the show, New Japan announced that they would be coming back for the July 7th show in San Francisco. They're running the Cow Palace. Depending on how you configure that, it can run anywhere between like 11 to 14,000, I think. I think WWF got 14,000 in the 80s, WCW 13, 12,000 in the 90s, WWE did about 11,000. In the 2000s, APW did about 3K last year. So we'll see how it goes. They sold 5,000 tickets for this show without announcing anything. And they had some, I mean, you still had the the announcement of Rey Mysterio, who didn't end up wrestling, but the Golden Lovers and Young Bucks, that would have sold some tickets. I was surprised no Chris Jericho tonight, considering that he had the gap in his schedule for this. I thought if you would have asked me at... uh, Wrestle Kingdom, if I 
thought that Jericho would be at this show, I would have said, or at least that week, I would have said with 90% certainty that he would. Because, you know, he did the, the Naito thing, and he had the, the gap in his schedule. So I, I was very surprised at that, but ultimately it was what it was. Decent show, main event, unbelievable. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about it. I do have the Fightful alternate commentary uh, for WrestleMania 2000, the Hardcore Battle Royal with Anna Bauert. Definitely check that out. Of course, check out FightfulWrestling.com. We're breaking stories all the time. We have tons of interviews. We interviewed uh, Jay White and Adam Page ahead of this show. Tons of podcasts if this is your first time checking it out. And very soon, we will roll out the Fightful Premium service. Uh, the only thing that is currently on Fightful that will be moved there is the uh, midweek show, which is actually going to be an end-of-week show now. I'm probably going to do those Friday where I talk about New Japan, 205 Live, NXT, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite, stuff like that. Everything else is going to be new, exclusive Brand new content. You all are really going to like it. Lots of different things for you all to choose from. But here we go. New Japan, strong style evolved. If you all want to check out my show notes, they will be up in about five minutes on uh, Fightful.com. So this show, I was I was very, very happy that um, that Access got the rights to this because until recently, they, they weren't even – or I think the week – of Wrestle Kingdom, they weren't even sure they were going to do this show uh, on because I, I had talked to their PR people and I had mentioned, hey, you all work in Long Beach to Josh Barnett and Jim Ross. And they were like, yeah, we plan to. And Access was like, we don't know what's going on yet. We don't know. So uh, it, it all worked out, but there were some major production snafus on this show. I'm talking like from from camera work, to commercial cuts, to the lighting, to just a, a lot of different things. The the production on this show was really, really bad. I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine what who thought that some of this production was a good idea. New Japan, if it's not their team, they really, really, really need to push for their own team to handle this moving forward because it, so many things were missed. On this, and I give WWE a lot of flack. It, was it better than WWE? Yeah, because they didn't have to deal with the zooms and the cuts so much, but whatever. I love the way the venue looked. Um, it just it felt big league. You could see that it was packed. It was it, from the outside looking in, the like the tin <laughs> pyramid, maybe not so much, but they're running Cow Palace, which a lot of people are telling me is a dump these days. They're running that in July. We had Rapongi K kicking things off, defeating SoCal Uncensored. That's Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Fightful.com has interviews with Kazarian and Christopher Daniels up on the site in our archives. Go check it out. My first exposure to Scorpio Sky was over a decade ago, around the Wrestling Society X time when Human Tornado was, was on that show, and I found the video of Scorpio Sky and Human Tornado doing the beat it thing. Uh, Early in this match, Kazarian slips on the ropes and holds his knee, but is fortunately okay after tagging out. I'll say, man, that I I think that Christopher Daniels' worst moonsault may still be better than anybody else's. That thing is a work of art. The man is 200 years old, and he's still doing a great one. Somebody in the chat says, what are you talking about? NJPW production is usually the best in the world. 
Well, uh, it was Access Production tonight, and it blew. There you go. Scorpio Sky land on, uh, landed on Yo's leg on a Tope Hilo, and you can see uh, Scorpio Sky check on him immediately. These New Japan refs, man, with regularity, are made to look stupid just all the time, and it's it's hard to respect a New Japan ref, and that's, that's something that you learn early on in wrestling. It's don't bury the ref, especially in the first match, because then after that, who is the audience supposed to respect as, as the rule enforcer? If you make the ref look like an oaf in the first match, I, there, it's, it's just a tough follow-up. I love Rapongi 3K's finish. Also, I love that Dominator Cutter. I think the Dominator Cutter is one of the best uh, moves ever in uh, tag team wrestling. Love it. After this match, Josh Barnett got caught saying, quote, You're right, JR. They need to get out of the fucking ring. They couldn't stay there that long. End quote. Who boy. Who boy. Again, production snafus. Juice Robinson and David Finley defeated uh, Gato and Hiroki Goto. So uh, I remember first seeing Gato like 20 years ago. 20 years ago last October at Halloween Havoc 97 against Chris Jericho, perhaps ironically. Goto is busted open early. Production again missed a lot, not knowing when to switch cameras. Uh, it's amazing to see where Juice Robinson is now because he was never going to get this break in NXT. So it's it's paid off for him. He looked like he picked up the Austin Star gimmick that Austin Aries abandoned like a decade ago. A Juice Full Nelson Slam and a Finley Stunner, which is the Prima Nocta, win the match. This sets up something uh, later in the evening. Killer Elite Squad against Chucky e. T and Toriano. Chucky e. T fresh off of his PWG title loss. Does anybody else remember when Archer was like hugely over in the impact zone? I hadn't heard this story before as well before I got into covering pro wrestling. But David Bixenspan of Fightful and Deadspin told me that's because he would go out and drink with the people at the impact zone afterwards. Davey Boy Jr. applied a great high-angle Boston Crab after Archer walked the ropes and did old school and then tagged Smith. Loved that spot. Chucky e. T really got the ass-kicking of a lifetime, and Yano was too scared to participate, but he was very over with the crowd, he being Yano. Had the Billy Robinson double-arm suplex, got a poor one out for Coach Billy Robinson. Big bright ass shining light into the camera over and over again. That's not optimal. That's very mid 2000, early 2000 indies. Thank you to Chrysler Blues for the donation on the super chat. Much appreciated. You know, Yano isn't really my style, but uh, you got to break up a lot of what New Japan has because a lot of New Japan could be redundant to some because you've either got really high flying or you probably got hard hitting action. you're not going to have a ton of different kinds of matches in New Japan. And Yano kind of provides that. Like I didn't like Santino Morella back in the day as a comedy character. And I'm not a big Toru Yano guy, but I can see why a lot of people are. When Yano gets tagged in, he avoids Archer's offense, which ends when Archer softly knocks Yano out of the ropes. It didn't look very good. Ch- uh, Chucky T's Tope Hilo did, though. Chucky hit a sick pile driver on Archer. I'm glad this was broken up instead of kicked out of because I just hate to see a pile driver kicked out of. It's a bugaboo. Uh, Archer lazily pins uh, Chucky and Chucky turns it into a crucifix pin. 
Love that. Sean Waltman brought up that he he loved that spot, and he did it with Ted DiBiase back in the WWF days. Killer bomb on Chucky, and that is it. Killer Elite Squad win, above average. The Bullet Club combination of Cody and Marty Skrull with Brandy Rhodes defeated Bullet Club's Gorillas of Destiny. Cody comes out to the ring and says that the match will not happen because they are friends, and he really puts over the G.O.D., who gets some great reactions, some really, really great reactions. So, um, it like <laughs> I love this because there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different fragments here. And with Bullet Club, you don't really know the way it's going. You got these guys and girls of destiny, especially Tama Tonga, that are just kind of laying in the weeds a little bit. And, you don't know what's going to happen. You feel like Tomatonga could break out at any given time, and then maybe his brother teams with his other brother for a little while because Tomatonga would be the leader. I get the feeling of of a trio like that. You know, where does Takahashi go in in that situation? I I'm I'm really enthralled with the the offshoots and the the fragments of Bullet Club, and and this was a big part of it. So Cody rolls across the ring and gets caught by a Tomatonga splash in the corner. And uh, I thought that was a really cool spot after, after Gorillas of Destiny had kind of turned on Cody. And Skrull celebrated it. <laughs> Skrull saw Cody get knocked outside, and I guess he's so used to seeing Bullet Club OGs uh, whipping ass that he, he forgot that he wasn't Tongan, according to Josh Barnett. Cody hit a delayed elevated front suplex I thought looked uh, really good until the drop at least. Skrull is super over and teased the chicken wing, but Cody tags himself in. It's important to remember, Skrull, even when Omega got attacked, he didn't really want part of it. And when he was booked in a match against the Golden Lovers, he said, I didn't sign off on this. I didn't agree to this on Twitter. Cody, when he tags himself in, tries to crossroad Tomatonga, but Tomatonga gives him one himself. Uh, I'll never get behind Tongaloa, no selling strikes and doing the thing where he gets all amped up and stuff. To me, I, I don't know. There's just something about that that takes me out of it a little bit. For him particularly, I, I don't know what it is. But it, it does, it it just, hmm. It's, you know, I, maybe it's because I still see him as uh, Camacho. But I, but I don't at this point. I see him as trying to establish himself, even though he's a three-time tag champion. It's, I don't know, it's it's a fuzzy area for me. Fuzzy area for me. His strength in superplexing Skrull was impressive because it didn't look like Skrull was ready. And he's like, no, you're ready. He goes with it. Cody emulates Omega while Brandy pounds on the mat. But Lois spears the hell out of him. Cody gets a crossroads on him for the win, though. G.O.D. lead dejected. I expected a too sweet here. I thought that maybe they would just kind of, you know, too sweet, show respect, but Bullet Club is not fine. L.I.J. defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, Taguchi, Kushida, and Dragon Lee. J.R. insinuated on commentary that a group of fans practiced the Tanahashi chant. J.R. was bad. And I saw 
somebody on Twitter say, WWE, are you sure you want Jim Ross calling a, like a five-hour, 50-man Royal Rumble show? I don't. I don't. It's nice that they have him. He should be getting a little something from WWE, but he doesn't – like you, you hear Josh Barnett educating him about New Japan on the fly. And I thought that Josh Barnett with Mauro Ronaldo, that was one of the best announced teams in the world. JR and Josh Barnett, I mean, Barnett, you either like him or don't. I know a lot of people don't like him. Some people do. A lot of it's who's lobbing you the pitches, man. And if somebody throws one way over your head like JR does, you can't connect. If you're getting them right over the plate like Mauro Ronaldo was doing, Josh Barnett can knock him over the fence every time. I wonder, this match, I wondered uh, why New Japan felt the need to fly so many guys over. Like, did they need this eight-man tag? Did they need, like, ten tag matches? Not ten, but a lot of tag matches. You could have went with some one-on-one matches here, but I know that they like to save those and make it seem special. But to me, this is a special show. It is... It it is a special... They sold 5,000 tickets for a show that is in a developing territory. Now, outside of the main event, I didn't think that this show was a ringing endorsement for people in July to buy tickets. That's just me. Uh, Now, the main event, that shows you they do want something special on that main event, but everything below that, eh. This is a New Japan Pro Wrestling eight-man tag match, but it features a a lot of really talented guys. It's harmless. At one point, there was an ankle lock, hoverboard lock, and Texas Cloverleaf on all in the ring. And I like that. That was three of my favorite submission holds. Naito pins Taguchi with Destino, and LIJ are super over. Where was Daryl? I missed out on Daryl. You got to bring Daryl in. Rey Mysterio is at Strong Style Evolved. JR says, He's got a torn bicep or tricep or something bad. His upper arm. Do your homework, man. You know they're paying Jim Ross at least $1,000 for this show. That's me being generous. But they're paying you at least four figures. Do your work, man. You got the Todd Kenleys and the Tyler Valses of the world out there. You got Kevin Kelly. You could just do your homework, man. Because... That reflects poorly on your other on your guy. It reflects poorly on on the, the network, your color commentator, on the talent. It reflects poorly on the brand when you show up there and you don't even know know uh, what the injury is. Now, somebody's saying Callus lost me when he talked about star ratings during Jericho Omega. Yeah, I don't I don't like that either. I'm not big on that because ideally in pro wrestling, you shouldn't want to have a five star match. You should want to beat somebody in five seconds. That's what you should want. Unless New Japan says, oh, we give out best bout bonuses. Then it would make sense for a guy to be really proud that he had like the greatest match on a show. Otherwise, you would want to get in there, knock them out. Yeah, uh, as Dang MQ says, Ian Riccoboni. Yeah, if, if Ian Riccoboni could lay off some of the references, like the, the 90s and 80s references for a show like this, I think that he's great, and I think Cole is great, too. Mysterio says he's going to come back and wrestle in New Japan as soon as he's able. Quote, I promise you, I give you my word because it's on my bucket list. I will come back as soon as I'm ready, and I'll step in this ring, and I will wrestle for New Japan, end quote. 
An Osprey corner drop kick missed again. He defeated Jushin Thunder Liger. Liger's still here doing it, man. He and Pillman were the first time I saw cruiserweight wrestling. And now we're at the point where Pillman has been gone for 20 years. His son might wrestle Liger one day. That's something to watch out for. Liger uh, hits an avalanche brain buster, then connects with a Shote Palm strike that I thought was the best sell of the year so far. A lot of people aren't going to like it because it's Will Osprey. Some people just won't like anything that he does, but Osprey takes it and does the forward moving backflip, a shooting star essentially out of it. But I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Osprey had hurt his leg at some point and did a handspring kick, which initially I was like, why did he do that? That's because he didn't want to run the ropes, so he used his hands instead. I like that. I like that. Uh, the crowd, <laughs> the camera cut to a Mysterio just face shot during a pin attempt. What are you doing, mate? Stop it. A Liger bomb and an Os cutter win it for Osprey. Afterwards, Osprey challenges Ray Mysterio. Marty Skrull comes in and attacks. Ray tries to help, but Skrull unmasks him. So there you, you have you have a little setup there for July. Hopefully, if if Mysterio's bicep is ready, who knows? You got April, May, June. You got a little over three months. Who knows if it will be or not? But uh, you might also have Skrull versus one of these guys or Osprey versus Mysterio. If I'm New Japan, I do run Mysterio back and try to get him on this American show. Guys, visit our sponsor over at livingsharp.com. You can get a gift idea for any occasion. I'm talking like some interesting gift ideas. Maybe you're you're thinking of something for Valentine's Day, a birthday, an anniversary, Christmas, but you don't know what to get. You know, they always say, what do you get the person that, that has everything? You can find something over at livingsharp.com. And not only that, you can find something in your price range at livingsharp.com. Check them out. Great supporter of the show. Also a supporter of our post-Raw, post-SmackDown show, The Listing, your boy. Lots of cool stuff over there. Suzuki Goon, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki defeated the chaos combination of, uh, I have it listed as Satoshi Ishii in my notes, uh, too much MMA. That is Tomohiro Ishii but uh, and Kazuchika Okada. I like this. I would like it more if Zack Sabre Jr. didn't do his nonchalant kicks in every match. There's something about his striking. Now, I know he's, he's mainly a, a grappling-based wrestler, but he'll like go limp-armed and just abandon all defense. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply when he's throwing strikes and stuff. And I think for a guy who is kind of portrayed as having his shoot background, he maybe keep those hands up a little bit, buddy. Maybe get those hands up a little bit. Great reaction when Ishii and Suzuki get tagged in. We get a nice preview of next week's Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, match for Sakura Gen- Genesis. I think we have live coverage of that next weekend in the wee hours of Sunday morning. But uh, Ishii gets put into a Fujiwara armbar bow and arrow combo and ouch, that looks like it hurts, man. That looks sick. By the way, guys, I'll answer questions at the end of this. It's hard for me to keep up with my notes and questions on the side. So you all can start sending them in when we uh, start talking about the main event. Saber counters a reverse neck breaker into an inverted triangle. Very cool. Like part of me, like I wish they would have saved that for next week, but... Oh, I'm not going to complain about them throwing in this tag match. Nah. Okada uh, gets Ishii with the reverse neck breaker. Another one of my favorite moves. Ishii and Suzuki trade. Then Suzuki applies a front tro- choke, and Ishii hits a hell of a suplex to counter it. Uh, simple grappling, and it looks good. That's a good counter, like even a shoot counter, because if you get thrown in that front choke, but it's not necessarily applied well, uh, you take your arm that's nearest the neck, and you throw it over. And in a grappling scenario, you want to cross your opposite leg in front of theirs, kind of sit out, and you can do a vertical suplex out of a front choke if it's not applied too tight. So very smart grappling. I like that a whole lot. Saber applies a heel hook, uh, wrist-clutch combo uh, on while Ishii has Okada subdued, or while uh, Suzuki has Okada subdued, rather. Uh, that gets the the ref stoppage. Afterwards, Saber and Suzuki attack Okada and the ref. So Zack Saber getting the one up on Chaos ahead of his title match. And next week is Okada's eleventh title defense that would tie him with, I think Tanahashi and Nagata. I'd have to look if Nagata did it, but I know that Tanahashi did it in like two hundred less days. So I'd like to know what you all think about that because obviously Okada has had the longest reign. 600 and some days, I would like to see them take it past two years because why not? And he's going to have a lot more uh, great reigns as well. But what do you all make of it taking him 200 extra days to get to the title defense record than it did Tanahashi? Does that, and obviously it's a made-up title, it's scripted, it's worked. But what does that What does that say to you all that, that it took him so long? Is that... Is that more a reflection on how special the IWGP title is or maybe just a little something with lack of defenses? I want to hear from you guys. By the way, uh, New Japan running that Cow Palace show July 7th up against Ronda Rousey at MSG and Stipe Miocic for Daniel Cormier at UFC 226. That's a super fight. I guess we'll see how it goes. Switchblade Jay White defeated Adam Hangman Page, IWGP uh, United States Championship. 
All I'll say is Hangman Page did his damnedest. I'm not I'm not getting the Jay White hype right now. I didn't get it in his first match. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm sure that he's going to develop into something special. I don't see it right now. He does apply the inverted STF the right way where you uh, put your weight on your opponent's shoulder and essentially apply a cravat. Ooh, that was nasty and good. I loved it. Page hits White with a half Nelson wrist clutch suplex. A beautiful move. And holds it for the pin, too. Almost in a fallaway manner. He follows up with a fireman's carry backbreaker. But that suplex was something special. I really, uh, really just... Damn. Something special, that move. Go go watch it. Go watch it. Not sure why Hangman was working heel here. Switchblade isn't over. And even if he was much less as a babyface. Meanwhile, Hangman is over. I mean, you couldn't tell by this crowd, but he's got BTE behind him. I don't know. Crickets from this crowd during this match. White hits a flatliner to a running page and a German suplex. Uh, and then White suplexes Page on the apron. No pen attempt back in the ring. Avalanche neck breaker from Adam Page. That is a Shane Helm special. A pile driver from Page gets two. This is move after move after move. Not a lot of psychology in this. You can get away with that in the, the tag team matches and the six-man tag matches because you have so many people there. It's hard to to play psychology at times, and you can you can use that as an excuse for people not selling. But this... This is move after move and maybe a little too much selling in between. I don't know. I still don't get the shooting star shoulder breaker that Adam Page does because when you do that, it slows your momentum. Is it a pretty move? Yes. Does it get a crowd reaction? Yes. But it it makes less sense than just doing a regular one. Whatever. That uh, Orihara moonsault was nice, though. Boy, it was very obvious that JR was not familiar with Page. Uh, who almost got himself killed with a half Nelson suplex. And it seemed like Jay White had to deadlift Page for the Kiwi Crusher. And it also seemed like Page got dropped on his head there, too. But whose fault would that be? I don't know, because it looked like Page was not loopy. Whether he was or not, I don't know. Page goes for a rite of passage, but White reverses it into the switchblade for the win. That was a good finish. Good, good finish. Finley comes out and attacks switchblade, challenges White for the U.S. title at Corey and Hall. Dave Finley and Switchblade, like, okay. Uh, it's Finley is, uh, his match with Jay White was fine. I've seen the one I saw, I think, in February, maybe. Hard for me to get behind him, but uh, we still don't have <laughs> a United States uh, born United States champion yet. Uh, maybe Maybe that will be a build sometime for them to finally win it on American soil. We'll see. Page tried really hard. He worked his ass off, and he had the crowd going by the end of it. Uh, Sagar in our chat says, Finley looks like a starving Cassius Ono. Yeah, he does a little bit. He does. Uh, not bad on the mic, though. I'll give him that. Man, if if his dad had that on the mic, he would have been – he would have gotten a lot further than he did, and he got pretty far. This main event. Hose me down. I feel like just dumping this out on myself. I rate matches after Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views. I got my ratings up right now for the for the New Japan show. 
I start at a five and my matches slide up or down a scale. A match has got to be pretty bad to go below a four. And usually a five is above average. Six is good. Seven and eights when we get into the pretty good territory. Nine is excellent. I give this one a 10 out of 10, just like I did Jericho Omega. And just like I did Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano. Give it a 10 out of 10. I don't even know that I gave Jericho or Okada Omega uh, 10 out of 10, maybe, or 9, 7, 5, whatever. I do the quarter thing, but 10 out of 10. I thought this was unbelievable. Uh, this was another factor in the Bullet Club. Like, where are they going? What's happening? Well, I, I think that you'll have the elite, you'll have Bullet Club. You'll have whatever Cody's doing, maybe with Hangman, maybe with Skrull. I don't know. I'm starting to think Skrull could do his own thing, but he he plays off of everybody so well. The weight belts on, on Matt Jackson cracks me up. And that's like a back support thing, and he's been selling his back for months. A great series between Nick Jackson and Kota Ibushi start things off. Ibushi works on Matt's back, but Omega wants him to stop. Ibushi foils the Young Bucks Topekon Hilo by dropping, I think it was Nick, face first into Matt's ass and balls. But then Omega gets super kicked on a Terminator dive, and his feathers flew off, <laughs> and Barnett screams, he got super kicked so hard his goddamn feathers flew off. Now, a lot of people were like, wow, they're cursing on access. They've been able to curse. There's no, There are no restrictions or limits. Uh, Carl Anderson was dropping the F-bombs two episodes in. Nick Jackson has turned into one of the best strikers around in wrestling, period. He's so accurate. He's so crisp. But he's so acrobatic as well. He's smooth. He very rarely messes up. He's very, very fast with his strikes, too. And to be able to see that in, like, as quickly as he's doing it, not be able to not hurt anybody? Holy crap. Holy crap, man. He just put on over and over and over again in this match. Can't say can't say enough. This is one like sensible but impressive spot after the other. Like I said, you don't have to have a lot of uh, a lot of selling in this match like focused selling where the crowd where the camera's like, "Okay, this guy is selling, selling, selling." One thing I didn't like was Omega maybe acting a little too much playing the divisive thing. You could have went for one at the beginning and one at the end, none in the middle. In the middle, you're the heat of the battle. You just you just go with it. That's what I would have preferred. There was a moonsault that caused Omega and Ibushi to crack heads, and Omega actually had a swollen eye. You got to hope it's not a broken orbital because it swelled up immediately. Maybe like a broken cheekbone or maybe it just puffed up his eye. But you have that, and you, you worry initially because they that was man they conked heads, and uh, I know that Omega was icing it right after the match. Matt Jackson's back is a major part of this match. Omega's back suplexes him onto the apron. Back inside the ring, Nick Jackson striking on display again. A Frankensteiner from Omega uh, is taken by Nick. He rolls through and then hops up. And backstabs Ibushi, who's hung on the ropes. Really cool. 
Then the Bucks land an, an assisted Destino. There is just a, a great looking double team superplex from the Golden Lovers. One slip of the foot from Ibushi, and that would have went nasty. Omega gets suplexed onto the apron hard. They were dropping each other on their heads a lot. A lot. The V trigger and the last ride on actually, actually, uh, I skipped ahead a little bit. Nick puts Omega on a table outside the ring, but Ibushi is in the ring. So Matt is on the top rope and he's like, should I jump on Omega? Should I jump on Ibushi? Nick's like, no, jump on Omega. But he wants to jump on Ibushi. He takes too long, doesn't get to jump on either one of them. Omega threatens a one-winged angel through the table. He's on the apron, and Matt is on his shoulder. And the table is wedged between the rail and the, the ring. Ibushi hops up onto the top rope, grabs Matt around the waist. Off of Kenny's shoulders, German suplexes him into the ring. One of the damnedest things I have ever seen in my life. A V-trigger and a last ride on Matt gets two. Then Nick breaks up the count after another V-trigger. Glad that 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 was a breakup instead of a kickout. Matt fires up, applies a Scorpion Deathlock on Ibushi, while Nick hits a face buster on him. Then Nick tornadoes DDTs, Omega outside. Great looking spot. Uh, Yeah, I saw some people that were like, oh, why would it bother him so much to have somebody in a submission hold? One of the most exhausted times I ever was in the ring. I, I would often frequent the circuit and wrestle my catch wrestling coach. He had these big, heavy ass legs from all the squats he did. And I had him in a Texas clover leaf. And when he reached those ropes, I was probably more tired than he was from holding that and squatting down. So I didn't put all my weight on his back to help protect him. It is exhausting, man. And him trying to balance the legs of Ibushi with that scorpion death lock while staying down in that squat. I'm sure it legitimately wore him out. Not just to mention he's been selling it back for three months now. His back has been a nonstop story. Months and months and months. More bang for your buck looks like it lands, but Matt Matt calls an audible on his spot and elbow drops Kenny through the table. The rope-assisted 450 couldn't get it done for the Bucks either. Back inside the ring, the Snapdragon suplex from Omega, but then Matt comes right back with a pile driver. Then Matt pulls off the weight belt. You know what's going to happen here. (laughs) When you see the weight belt, you're like, where have we seen that before? Hogan. And Matt whips Hogan, or whips Omega with the belt, Hogan style. But Omega refused to use the belt. That one I could have done without. Didn't need that. Why why wouldn't he? Like he he's gonna he's gonna one-wing angel a guy through a table, but not that. But then again, he did hesitate on the one-winged angel. And Ibushi had to grab him now that I think of it, but I don't know. Ibushi last ride power bombs Nick through a table outside, and I don't know if the floor is made of wood or tile or concrete, but that ta- it looked like Nick's head slapped, and that was nasty. And I was I was a little worried at that point. I, I thought you know, maybe we've seen the last of Nick in that match. That's what I thought. An indie taker from the Golden Lovers onto Matt, but he kicks out. At this point, I was I was in awe. Omega doesn't want to hit the one-winged angel, but Matt screams at him and makes him. Didn't need that either. Why is Matt going to make him? Why does Matt want to take one of the most devastating moves in wrestling? Stupid. 
Nick is alive, makes the save, but then the golden trigger gets the win. This is one of the best tag team matches I've seen, especially in recent memory. Unbelievable work from all four guys. They were on their game, and they made this show special. Without this match, this is just a road to secure a Genesis show. That's it. So Osborne says these dudes won't last 10 years if they keep this style up. They've already made it 10 years. I mean, they're making a lot of money right now doing that. They don't do this for every show. This was a special show to them. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a special show because of this. Cody comes out afterwards, goes off on Matt Jackson, pushes Nick down. Omega returns to the ring and Cody runs off. Ibushi looks a little bit indifferent. Everybody's starting to see Cody's true colors. And being the elite is must-watch TV for me. You gotta watch that every week. Gotta see what's gonna happen. I thought <laughs> the Kenny Omega edits last week were very funny. But I mean, Kenny says that he watches that show. So do Young Bucks? Do they watch the show? They talk about editing the show on the show, so surely they've watched last week's episode by now and they see the true Kenny Omega video. I don't know. It's a little confusing. It's like Lucha Underground. It's like within the world of Lucha Underground, there is no, like TV might not exist. I don't know. Uh, Pretty uh, awesome main event here. Decent New Japan show. They're coming with 10,000. Best of luck to them. I I think that they won't sell out before they announce something this time. I could be wrong. But um, as Stone Osborne says, man, I don't know. They take a lot of hits to the head and neck. Yeah, okay, so I've mentioned this before. I wrestle here and there. Mainly I'll work like charity shows if somebody's a coat drive or doing something for autism awareness or cancer awareness. Especially in the local area, I'll get asked to wrestle a show. And almost always I'll say, yeah. Put me against my catch wrestling coach. We'll, we'll run a match. And there are a lot of matches I see, and I'm like, God, I, I can't wait till I wrestle next. I can't wait to get back in there. I love this match, but this was not one of them. Uh, your boy's got neck problems, and I see that. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. I'd be moving around like this for weeks after that. There were so many spots where I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I think about how it would affect me. I'm like, I would break my neck. And I came pretty close once before. So, mother of God, man. Mother of God. Make sure you all leave us a thumbs up. Like, subscribe if you all don't mind. Like I said, we have that premium service coming very soon. Uh, our staff costs are very expensive to provide the type of service that we do. Breaking stories all the time. Podcasts all the time. Uh, video news all the time, articles, breaking news. Hey, you boys had the Ronda Rousey training to be a pro wrestler story. We had the leaked evolve emails. I'm going to leak a WWE script soon. If I mean, if I find a way to do it, it's like 30 pages long. So we'll see. If you all saw, um, <laughs> I leaked the the ending of this week's SmackDown, uh, the ending script. It didn't give away a lot, but got a hold of one of those. Mainly did that over the JBL tweet where he says that WWE uses 
uses writers. Nothing co-opted about Fightful. We care. We care about journalistic integrity to a degree. When you tune into one of these shows, it's entertainment, my friends. If you all have suggestions on what you want added to Fightful.com, make sure you all do that. WrestleMania weekend is going to be psychotic. I'm going to have a post-NXT TakeOver show. I'm going to have a post-UFC show. And then hopefully after that, I run a Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor show as well. Uh, that Ring of Honor show may wait until Sunday morning, afternoon. I don't know. But then, of course, we got the WrestleMania extravaganza, me and Alex Palowski. Uh, maybe this is your first time tuning in, but if you want to check out our post-Raw and post-Smackdown shows, I have like myself and I have actors, businessmen, comedians on the show to break down wrestling from that perspective. I can get it to you from a news perspective, a little bit from a technical and in-ring perspective. Uh, but I love having those guys on there to break down the character and and what goes into the motivation of a character, maybe more than I or even you guys had had assumed or seen before. Lots of stuff over at Fightful.com. WrestleMania weekend, I just decided to drop exclusives nonstop. So we're going to have a ton of stuff. Uh, Fightful.com is the place to be WrestleMania weekend. Live coverage, live discussion, all that good stuff. We're all over the place. Fightful.com. Thank you, guys. We're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.